On today's Cinemaxtic, we have our first ever call-in guests with all the info you need about Sundance. We're going to talk about a ton of stuff that was in the news this past week, and there is a lot, including a big blue Will Smith. And there's a plenty more to talk about on today's podcast, and we're excited to dive in. This is the Cinemaxtic Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Cinemastic Podcast. Why, hello there. Oh, Tim's back in his chair. He's back on the pod. I'm back. He's back on the pod. My boy Tim to the right. I feel quite comfortable. You are. You look comfortable. I, I feel I feel safe again. I I'm in my chair. I'm not out of, out of my element. You you feel and you look comfortable. Um, as always, I'm your host Max Leadum at Max Fozzie. Right across from me in his usual chair perched upon his nest is my friend Tanner Rush. Hi Tanner. How you doing today? Feeling pretty country boy myself. Pretty country boy. <laughs> I'm a real country boy. Tim, how you feeling today, is that buddy? A vine reference? <laughs> that's a no, it's a Bo know. Burnham reference. Oh. He goes, "Cause I'm a real country boy." Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, not a big Bo Burnham guy, are you? No, not into the musical bits. Mm. Tim, how you doing today, bud? No, I already asked Ooh, you. Oh, I get, I get, you get two. You get two. <clears throat> you so get does, two. Does this, does this make up for me missing last week's? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel, twice. I feel quite alive, mm. alive and comfortable. <laughs> Um, well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you are alive and comfortable. I'm glad you're here. Uh, give me a second to pull up our little listy, listy boy, um, that we can go through here. Um, what did we watch this week? Oh, I'll tell you what I watched this week. Uh, Paddington 2, because your boy found it on Blu-ray for three bucks at Savers. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Someone donated Paddington 2. That's, that's a deal of the week. I nearly Shit. wanted to, I, I almost harvested their video footage to find who donated it and then drive to their house and return it to them for the grave mistake they have made. Yeah, why would you get rid of Paddington 2? I don't know. To share with the world. I don't know, and I hate it. Maybe if you had two copies. I don't exactly. know. Okay. I All right. If you had two copies of Paddington. Now, yeah. also, it looks like uh, the, a dog maybe got a hold of it. There's some bite marks mm. on it. Mm. Totally okay though. Paddington okay. two for three bucks on Blu-ray. Sure, not so bad. Gave it another watch because that movie is my number one movie of 2018. It was still amazing. have, it's so good. still have not seen it, or the first mm. one. Oh, Cam, you already have blue. There's only there. there's only enough room in my heart for one teddy bear. The bear from Annihilation. Yeah, I was gonna say Winnie <laughs> the Pooh. That is the most. I I that haunted me. Yeah. Like the cry, screams of a ah. ugh, of a dying woman. <laughs> Help um, me. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I really didn't watch anything this week. Um, there's a bunch of movies I'm adding to my checklist that I'm going to go check out. I'm actually subscribing to AMC Gold list. Uh, you dropped the uh, the what was it called? Movie Pass. Oh uh, yeah, oh, Movie Pass was garbage. Even they tried to get me back in with like uh, you get like three movies a week from any theater and whatnot. But then they had select movies that were available during the day still, and I was like. Oh, I don't want to. They should have just kept it the same as it was. I mean, they should have done the unlimited thing, and that didn't work. They should have just gone back to their old model, which was like twenty-five or thirty bucks a month, unlimited movies per month, and you could go to as many theaters as you wanted and watch whatever movie you wanted. That didn't. That was their original model they had for like three years. We might 
have to do in the future, like uh, the rise and fall of Movie Pass episode. <laughs> yeah, that would be okay. intense. Yeah, that would, there'd be so much like, all right, the update. most insane business model. Ch- chapter yeah. Chapter nine hundred eighty two update nine hundred eighty two was Movie Pass's downfall. That was the thing I hated about Movie Pass. I was one of their defenders. I was like, guys. I loved it. I was like, but, who's hating on them? They're giving you unlimited movies yeah. for 10 bucks a month. But then the, it was like, but you only get these movies. And you can only see them in these theaters. And these are the times you can see them at. And then you can't see this type of movie there. Oh, you want to see that movie twice? No. You can't do that. And it was just all over the place. And it just was like, it was too much of a hassle to even want to try yeah. to be a part of anymore. Yeah. I still need to cancel my membership. I don't think I've used it since July. I mean, it's still only 10 bucks, but... Yeah, yeah, but that's uh, like sixty dollars. Just yeah, nah, you know. But who cares? yeah, anyways, I'm marking my marking my list of movies I want to go see in theaters. So I, I've been keeping an eye out for that. Tim, did you watch anything this week? Um, yeah, I've wa- I watched actually two movies. Uh, I mean, one was last week. We watched Zodiac. That was the first time I've seen that. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's right. We did. That oh. was a very very long. interesting movie. It was long. Yeah. Uh, it. I mean, there's a lot of twists and turns I did not expect. Well, it was weird because the ver- the ending, you expected it, but you didn't expect it. And you still have no resolution. It's kind of one of those things you have to decide for yourself if yeah. if uh, that's truly who, who committed all those murders. And um, um, I've done some outside research, listened to podcasts because it just oh, fascinates yeah. me. Arthur Lee Allen is 100% the guy who did it. But I thought the DNA yeah. test exonerated him. Or so something. the DNA test exonerated him. The fingerprints exonerated, like, the, not the DNA test. The fingerprints didn't match his that were on some different places. And on top of that, the handwriting did not match his, which they disqualified him for. But the dude freaking did it. I mean, <laughs> like, you can look at his. All the like, evidence is against him. But he did it. Well, no, those two, those two bits of evidence that would tie him directly to the murders are against him. But when after he after uh, he died, like in 1993, they reopened the case against Arthur Lee Allen and they went to his house with a new warrant in there. They found uh, the type. They found a typewriter that was used that the typewriter that was the same typewriter that typed the Zodiac letter. It's the same brand and style uh-huh. model that typed it. They found <clears throat> uh, shoes. That were the exact same size of the Zodiacs. <clears throat> they found guns that were the exact same that that were the exact same guns and bullets that the Zodiac used. They found a huge freaking knife that was very similar to the knife that stabbed and killed that one lady and mortal almost killed the guy on that oh, beach. Oh God, yeah, yeah, that scene. They found that was the, yeah. So going into it, Max is like, oh yeah. There's one scene that's really disturbing. Yeah. It's yeah. just gonna make you that cringe. One, that one's the worst. Oh my lord, <sighs> that one was really it's rough. A big knife. They found, and yes. then they also found uh, in his basement. They found a computer with a. A floppy disk in there titled Zodiac. There was newspaper clippings from the Zodiac on there, and on top of that, there was pipe bombs in his basement. And he talked about tons of times the Zodiac killer talked about blowing people up with pipe bombs. And then one of Arthur Allen's good friends always said that he had told him that he has this idea for a book that he wanted the Zodiac killer to be called Zodiac. He wanted the killer to be called Zodiac that wears like makeup to hide himself and tricks people into pulling their cars over. Something the Zodiac did. Um, and also Arthur Lee Allen was, uh, I mean, you've seen the movie when he was in jail, the letter stopped the, the week after or the month after yeah. he's out of jail, a new letter comes from the Zodiac. Yeah. Uh, his birthday was on the same day as one of the Zodiacs saying that he was going to kill 
kill on his birthday. Uh, he had a watch that had the Zodiac emblem on it. There was so many right, evidence right. against Arthur or Lee Allen. It's like maybe someone just him. really hated Arthur Lee Allen and gave him all of that. It could be. You never know. What a mastermind. You never so, know. Uh, oh, man, that basement scene, too, though, in Zodiac. What, so that basement scene, did I, I'm still unsure about it. Did he know? So about the murders, I think like, it was it just was? Jake Gyllenhaal's character, or was it him out. freaking out and freaking then out. trying yeah. to sway the audience to think just it was that's, him? It, that was his his paranoia. Yeah. Okay, was what the because obviously it the the movie centered on Arthur Lee Allen and that character in the basement had nothing to do with Arthur Lee Allen. Okay, had nothing to do with him. It was a totally okay. different guy, but it was so. like showing that Jake. His his character's paranoia uh, about the whole situation. That um, makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't have freaked out in that situation. I didn't. He didn't write the posters. I wrote the posters. posters. You know what? That gives me chills. We do have. We do have the film in the basement. Come down with me. If our listeners have not heard a seen Zodiac, you need to go watch Mm -hmm. that movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I mean, you got Jake Gyllenhaal, Mark Ruffalo, Robert Downey Jr. And it's so rewatchable too. I just find myself throwing that on anytime I want like a bluesy noir detective drama it's just it's so atmospheric that's what makes a movie rewatchable for me is how atmospheric it is and the zodiac and zodiac nails it it's just such a great movie it almost makes me just talking about it makes me want to watch it again yeah um so yeah anything else tim uh yeah one other movie i watched bohemian rhapsody uh finally got around to seeing that yeah uh it was a it was a good movie I don't think it was best picture worthy. Um, very good story, you know, centering about around Queen's start um, and Freddie Mercury and uh, all the troubles he went through, you know, going through being a rock star, fighting um, his sexuality, uh, and then eventually, you know, him living with AIDS. Uh, it is very, it was a good movie. Um, Rami Malek did a fantastic job. Um, you know, I, I I can see why he was nominated for Best Actor. I would say he's probably my front runner, um, but I still haven't seen Vice or you know some of the other uh, uh, movies nominated. Having or, seen Vice, I I would find it, I would I, find it stunning if Christian Bale. Uh, I still win. think probably with all the work outside, um, gaining the weight, and I still think Christian Bale will probably win. Which, um, by but the, I would not be surprised if Rami Malek. By won. the way, my opinion on that, like just because you're going to be a method actor, that shouldn't. Just be that shouldn't sway also like critics' decision on who's going to be best actor. It's like okay, that's great. You put on all that weight and everything, but it's all about your performance. Yeah, and I that's where I do like Christian Bale's performance a lot too because he did all that, but he didn't let that be like I don't know. In the movie, he just went so into this role as Dick Cheney, and he didn't let that be like the thing that's like, hey, look at look at this, yep. look what I did, and. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, but but yeah, Christian Bale is great. In that, yeah, so. it, uh, it's crazy. Rami Malek is really good in that, huh? Yeah, I think I think he did a fantastic job. Uh, the guy sitting next to me actually started bawling his eyes out uh, during one of the the, the later scenes uh, in the movie. Oh, you went and saw it in theaters. Yeah, so I didn't know it was on Blu-ray. Yeah, already. Yeah, so I went to uh, the old AMC and spent fifteen now ten dollars to go see it when I could have just bought it. Yeah, but. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely recommend watching it. It's a good, heartfelt movie. If you like Queen, you like music, you're going to enjoy it. Who doesn't? And Tanner, what'd you watch this week, buddy? Not much. Yeah. Um, just over the weekend, 
in between, you know, all the very important things I do on the weekend that pull me out on the town. Um, Because I got to see and be seen. Got to make sure your fans know you're still thriving. Right. I watched uh, Justice League Dark, another animated DC Uh, movie, hoping there'd be some, it would be on the same level of... um, the Suicide Squad hell to pay. Unfortunately, it's there's nothing quite mm-hmm. as wonderful as Scandal Savage or <laughs> the Get Out of Hell free card or um, Zoom with a giant yeah. hole in his head. Uh, it still wasn't very good. Um, I didn't like that. I, I, w- I was kind of turned off by that movie from the beginning when I was like, oh, Justice League Dark's getting an animated movie. Uh there's Batman on the front cover. It's like Batman's not a member of Justice League Dark. Right. And they're like, put Batman in there. How else are we going to sell this movie? Put Batman on front cover. Did you see it? I didn't. Oh, well. So it's kind of one of the few enjoyable things about it is just how out of place Batman is. Yeah. And like anytime something magic happens, you you, it just cuts the Batman. And he's like, uh, like yeah. just very uncomfortable, like frustrated grunt. Like he just isn't having it. Yeah. The, the Justice so, League Dark, by the way, Swamp Thing, Constantine, okay. Zatanna. Uh, what's the what's the Dead Man? Dead Man. Um, and Batman. Apparently, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Batman. There's a couple other characters. You know, I but, would yeah. like to see uh, Zatanna brought into. The DCEU. She's a cool character. Justice League Dark has been started and killed many times. It's been that was actually like supposed to. I if it was on the, if it was actually supposed to be made on schedule, it should have been out this year, I believe. Actually, I think Letterboxd actually still has it slated, and they're putting it at 2020. They Guillermo del Toro actually had a a script written oh, for it and yeah, everything, and yeah, he still has it. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised after winning the yeah. Oscar. <laughs> Yeah. I'm surprised after winning yeah. the Oscar that uh, they haven't gone knocking his door Do down. Do you know how many scripts Guillermo del Toro has written for films Plenty. that will never be made? Plenty. Plenty. He has, there's a whole Wikipedia article dedicated to unfilmed Guillermo del Toro projects. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he has, he's a, he's a constant creator. Yeah. So, but he, I, I would, I mean, with how great he is with monster movies, I'm surprised they, especially, you know, Hellboy's beloved uh, what, what what would you call a, tr- a trilogy that isn't a trilogy but just has two films? It's a series. A belo- I guess you could yeah. say a series. Two two. Fi- but yeah, it's beloved. Um, so I'm surprised they didn't go with that. Um, but anyways, anything else, Tanner? Nope, that was it. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> it was the plays Batman and Justice League Dark. Yep. All right, no big deal. Um, okay, well that's what we watched. Let's go into in the news. <laughs> So, uh, boys, holy shit, Will Smith is a giant genie. <laughs> oh, They took okay. Will Smith's head and put it on an overweight man's body. <laughs> an overweight muscular dude body. Well, sure. Like, he's like, he's like <laughs> I, I am not joking. I, this is before all the memes were made. This is before I saw 80 tweets. I was walking out of the room as the Grammys was on, and I it says this is the Grammys was brought to you 
the Grammys was brought to you by Aladdin. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, God, here we go. We, we're getting our first trailer for Aladdin. I stop and I watch it. And the first thing that happened, which is worse than the genie, the first thing that happened is this, this little number. Bring me the lamp. I'm like, who the hell? That's not Jafar. It apparently was Jafar. Bring Get me your the lamp. ass out of here, is what I said. I, I hurled my hand at the TV. <laughs> I said, no. Be gone. <laughs> yeah. I, guys, I think this movie's going to be bad. And I yeah. think Disney Bring me knows. the lamp. I think Disney knows it's going to be bad. Oh. There were only two speaking, I believe, two speaking parts in that trailer. One was Jafar, which, fuck if I knew that was Jafar while I was watching it. What the hell was that? And then the genie at the end, which was a whole horror show on its own. We haven't heard Aladdin say a single word. I can't tell if they were, yeah. And And he's just got this, like, undecipherable... He looks generic. Blank expression he throughout looks, the whole thing. He looks generic. He looks like a B movie, C movie. I, they they didn't do anything to make him look like the main character of the dang movie. It's just like, oh no. They just don't show him acting. And, and seriously, I I looked at my dad across. I shot my head over so quick as soon as I heard, "Bring me the lamp," and I'm like, "What the fuck, <laughs> Dad?" Dad! And I screamed and I asked, I told him to turn the TV off. I said, what is going on here? And then and then he's like, I don't even know. And he looks, Jafar is supposed to be this grimy, slimy old dude who's like, bring, bring me the lamp. <laughs> don't cast me as Jafar either, but man. He has a iconic villain voice in the animated series. And they went with some like prissy Looks like a twenty-eight-year-old clean-shaven douche. And I'm like, what? Wow. I don't. I'm. I'm pissed about that. I'm pissed about that. But fast forward to the end of this thing, and again, before I saw any tweets or memes, Will Smith pops up as the genie, and I audibly go, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I literally, I, <laughs> I, I, I gasped. I went, "Oh my god!" And I looked at my dad. I'm like, "That is." horrifying is that not the scariest thing you've ever seen and i I think everyone probably had a verbal reaction to it oh my god it's so unsettling to look at what is the cgi the still image doesn't look bad but watching him move is weird okay this first still image here is bad that is not good that is not good. It just looks like a blue Will Smith. There's there's one though where he does where he's like actually big and arched over Aladdin that actually looks good. I'm just hoping they have a lot of polishing up to do left on the CGI. And I also hope that they're just like, hey, listen, buddy, we appreciate Isn't this you. movie coming out in like three months. I don't know. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully not. They can. But what? Honestly, I'll be okay with Will Smith genie if they go like, hey, kid, listen, we appreciate you playing Jafar. And uh, you know what? Your voice just isn't going to cut it. We're going to bring in a voice actor and narrate over all of Just have your James lines. Earl Jones do it. Yeah, have someone <laughs> do it. Have anyone do it. Other than that, that is the most unintimidating voice ever. So um, that is so Will Smith as Blue Genie is horrifying. And I can't wait to see Red Genie at the end when Jafar decides to become the all powerful genie. And that's going to be 
just terrible. Spoiler alert. It's been so long since <laughs> I've watched. He came out in like 1990. Aladdin. Was Jafar always an evil genie or does he turn into. No, no. He is an evil person who is power hungry. And then uh, he wants to. He's using the genie to become all these different things. And then he goes. He goes, like, I want to be an all powerful genie. And then. And then Aladdin's like, sucker. And then he sucks him into a lamp. And, mm. and then the genie flicks him into the desert. Uh, okay. I need to watch Aladdin again. I, I love that movie. I don't remember really anything about Aladdin besides the magic carpet. It's it's one of my favorite of all time. I love that movie. Did you see the, um, I think it's the third one? where king of thieves yeah and that is get good. married and i get that and that one is what? good too. whenever i How think many? of aladdin i can only remember three. scenes from that oh, film there's three Aladdin's. which i don't think even got a theatrical release no that was during disney's big direct the, to dvd sequel the dark phase. days yeah, of disney yeah. animation yeah imagine imagine just just for a second direct to vhs dvd was right. not around that's true at the and, and just for a second or maybe I don't uh, know. imagine a house of mouse that's just like you know what we don't need to make money on the sequel of our massive hit animated movie. Let's just do directed DVD. That would never happen ever again. Could you imagine if Frozen Two is directed DVD? It's like no, they're sitting on a billion dollars. They don't. They just do movie theater sequels now, which I'm okay with. But I think okay, uh, Return of Jafar, which is a sequel, I enjoyed, and I say that as I enjoyed uh, being the last time I saw that. I believe I was nine, and King of Thieves I liked as well. I was seven. Um, uh, or 11, Wait, what? 10. I was older than I was <laughs> when I saw Return of Jafar. Okay. Uh, so I need to watch those movies again. I remember the golden hand that turns everything gold yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that it touches, which is a really um, unique premise. And it was good. So we should do an Aladdin movie night to prepare for this next great I'm not going to go see uh, Aladdin in theaters. We're seeing Aladdin in theaters. I'm down. I leave that to you, too. <laughs> I'm going to see it. Here, show Tanner this still image. This still image isn't too bad. He looks happy. I think the mistake they made was making it look like <laughs> Will Smith's face. They should have just gone straight-up animated genie, just 100% animated, and, and give him his own personality. That's literally a giant blue Will Smith. Big blue Willie. Big blue Willie. But, uh, you know, um, I'm not going to throw this movie away for a one-minute trailer, but damn, did they try their hardest to make me do that because that just looks so awful. So which, uh, who, who who wore it better? Will Smith, Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> or uh, Tobias from Arrested Development? Which blue guy is best? Got to be Tobias. Tobias. Yeah. Never nude, man. Never nude. He blued himself. There are dozens of us. Um... <laughs> Uh, moving on from Aladdin. Speaking of Disney trailers, did you guys check that Frozen oh, Two yes. trailer? Frozen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, like, hold on, where what? are we going with this? I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> I have no idea. What's uh, happening. Frozen Two, yeah, that mo- that looks really interesting. What a tonal shift! I didn't shift. see any snow. That looks like a snow. Of a snow. That looks what like a. This? But that looks like a straight up tone change, like very serious and. Like a gritty animation. No style. dialogue in the whole no thing. No dialogue nope. or anything. I'm like, and there's no Olaf, which is like, he I think, showed him. No, Olaf's in there. Oh, he is? Yeah, yeah they're like the standing on like a cliff looking over like yeah. a forest or something. So, okay, I'm so afraid it's going to melt. Well, it'll be, it'll it be looks a, quite warm. So it's going to be a goofy movie then. Uh, Maybe but, uh, Elsa's got to constantly goose him with ice to keep him from melting. Goose Good him. point. Yeah. Good point. Uh, talking about the act of 
running her fingers up his snowy butt crack. <laughs> That's not what goosing what? is. Is that not what goosing is? Uh, I'll look it up. That's what goosing is when he goes and you, you, you goose. <laughs> I thought it was just like a little little pinch on the yep, dish. It's, it's a poke someone between the buttocks. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> maybe not that then. Because like a goose comes up and goes, and it like, you know, gooses you. you like know? it bites you, like a oh. pinch. That's how... That's how I always thought of goosing was. I have been a recipient of many a goose, and that's not what I've known goosing to be. Well, anyway, strokes. Um, <laughs> strokes. <laughs> I, I, but seriously, the movie looks very, very good. Uh, I'm excited for it. I liked Frozen yeah. 1 fine. I thought it's a little overrated. Uh, I thought the musical numbers were okay. I didn't think they were the best, uh, but I liked it enough. I'll watch the sequel. Yeah. Straight up. Um, Tangled's better than Frozen. 100% agree. I'm really out of touch with my Disney movies. I Tangled, have not seen either of those. Tangled, Wreck-It Ralph is better than Frozen. Sure. Oh. I've only seen Wreck-It Ralph once, so I'd, I'd have to me as well. That. Can we let's just have a Disney night where we only watch Disney movies? I'm okay with that. Starting with Christopher Robin. Um <laughs> Um <laughs> So there's a yeah, I actually liked Tangled quite a lot. That's one of my favorite Disney movies. I love the horse Maximilian. Pascal. Pascal Chameleon. Great. Yep. It's a great movie. That's a movie that deserves a sequel. Rapunzel's very charming. Yeah. Uh was it Finn Flynn? Yep. Yep. Some good slapstick in the film. Yep. I don't remember any of the songs. <laughs> yep. I don't care about that. Uh Let It Go is the only thing Frozen has. And it's yep. like not like a good song. Like she just it, sings loud. It's it's on my Christmas she can just, playlist. She sing big. She sing big, and that's not Adele, good. Let it go. Adele Dazim. Let it go. I like, thought it was like Adina. No, no, no. Adina that's my Men- favorite Oscar Menzel. moment. It's Adina Menzel yeah. and, and John Travolta announcing her for the Oscars that year, where she's gonna sing her a nominated song. He goes, "Please welcome Adele Dazim." <laughs> Straight at the camera, it just completely butchers her name. Oh, it, I think the I think what a, the teleprompter cut out on him, and he just like was trying to remember her name, and he goes uh, Adele Dazim, oh. <laughs> Adina Menzel. Wow, yeah, it was great. He's um, had a he's had a rough few years lately. <laughs> he has, man. He has. He had that great Gotti movie. Zero um, percent. Captain Marvel review embargo apparently lifting about three weeks early per what every marvel movie ever um probably because they have a lot of confidence in it and i don't the media has never not liked a single marvel movie i yep. i i think that probably they'll probably do fine with reviews i don't know i find marvel movies to be good i mean they're all good they're very uh you know very generic superhero films they're good one watches not necessarily rewatchable there's there's a handful of them that are. Yeah. Like Iron Man is rewatchable. The original Avengers is rewatchable for me. Captain America, Winter Soldier, rewatchable. Um, but I'll, most of them for me, it's just like one watch. I'm good. Um, yeah. But uh, so, I, I mean, I had no reason to believe Cat Marvel won't get great reviews. Even though I will say this is probably the most turned off I've been about a Marvel movie in years like i am i have no excitement to see this thing i don't know what you guys Honestly, but i have literally no interest. i have i have somewhat excitement i would say the the marvel movie i was least excited about was either black panther or ant-man and wasp those are the ones i was least excited about yeah i just 
I have just no interest in this. I don't know. I can, I have no. I could care less about this character. I I like the character. I think she's really cool. The first yeah. trailer, really, the first two just didn't really sell me on it. Yeah. Um, I think the Super Bowl spot had a little bit more uh, compelling footage, just because some of the complaints that I kind of agreed with was Brie Larson's take on Carol Danvers, just not like a whole lot of personality mm-hmm. coming through, mm-hmm. but um, the Super Bowl teaser kind of had a little had a little more of that. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people were commenting on a Reddit thread saying that like she looks like she could not be more bothered to be a part of this. Right. Like she's like, oh, fine, I'll do, up I'll do your superhero movie for you, jerks. Uh, I don't know. I just, I don't. I guess it's just. But like, she does go like Super Saiyan, which if there is Super Saiyan if there too, is anything tight. if there is anything yeah. that's gonna come, hopefully that would come out of this movie that I'd be excited for is hopefully someone over in uh, whatever the animation studios are looking at that saying we need to get a real live action. You didn't like the other one? one? That is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. I hate that. Apparently, so much. Uh, Dragon Ball Super. The Broly film is amazing. Apparently, it's really good. Like, it's straight up a yep. great animated film. Like, yeah. It's not just like you don't even. I mean, obviously, you want to watch the the show to know the characters, but like, it's straight up a good. Uh, movie. Apparently, you don't even like the exactly. movie does enough to kind of bring you in yeah. to where you you more or less can figure out. I, I've been meaning what's to watch going it. On. I've been meaning to watch yeah. it. I wish I, I could have seen it in theaters. I think they still have it running a little bit in theaters. Yeah. I think you could still catch it, but yeah, I'm a big DBZ fan. I always, I mean, I, I've. Hell, that started my Funko Pop obsession as the DBZ one. So, um, and so yeah, I don't. Uh, if if I want to see that Brawley movie, still I think it's in theaters, um, and we'll we'll check it out. If man, if they made a live action DBZ and actually did, there's so many iconic characters in that they would make boatloads of money. I I would love to see like James Cameron tackle like a DBZ movie, which will never happen Vin in Diesel. the history of the world. Vin Diesel is Krillin. By the way. Speaking of uh, James Cameron, uh, he came out and criticized Aquaman. Uh, they asked him if he saw Aquaman and if he liked it, and he goes, yeah, it was a fun movie, but see, I just can't really attach myself to those movies. I have no resonance with them because it's just so unbelievable. Like, the, the way they move in water, like, I guess they could just propel themselves by force. Like, it's just it's unrealistic, and I'm like... Coming from the guy who has an alien planet we're mining from with alien race and that with floating mountains on that planet, I'm like, what? What does having to be realistic have anything to do with that movie? Of course, it's not realistic. It's a superhero movie, you dingus. James Cameron, please yeah. come on our podcast. Um, I just think that was stupid. have him and being on the same comment. podcast. Why would you say yeah? It just doesn't resonate with me because you know it's just not realistic. You're making freaking five movies about blue aliens in an underwater world coming up next. That's like, pretty dumb. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, dude, half your movies are... <laughs> it's like Terminator, Alien. Like, all your movies are completely unrealistic. Titanic? Titanic? Yeah, like, like that boat would ever sink. It, Tiny iceberg. Who's going who's to drive right into an iceberg? That's Thank you for joining our podcast. It's hard to miss Mr. Cameron. <laughs> I've never driven into an iceberg it's time to enter our podcast conspiracy titanic never happened an infowars spinoff oh titanic- please uh, i don't like this joke <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh man i love alex jones memes hey those are some funny memes man. i have a news thing to talk about what's that 
some casting announcements for the Dune film. Oh man, that that is going to be a superstar so, cast. Uh, Denis Villeneuve, mm. if I'm saying that correctly, it's uh, Denis Villeneuve. Man, um, go on. Great director has an amazing, Denny's. amazing career so far with Prisoners, Sicario. Arrival, Blade, Blade Runner. Runner 2049, which is one of the best films ever made. I I, uh, I second Ow! that. Ever made. Oh, That movie just gets better and better every time I watch it. I need to watch it again sometimes. The movie makes me want to have anyways, Batman Beyond movie. His next project is a film adaptation of Dune. It's a sci-fi novel series from, I think, like the late 70s into the 80s by Frank Herbert. David Lynch made a movie of this David previously. David Lynch did a film. It's not bad. I think fans of the books maybe don't like some of the not things very, he changed. It's yeah. weird, but it's I David watched it. It's David Lynch. Yeah. yeah. It's weird that it's a David Lynch film because yeah. he does, it doesn't feel very David Lynchy to me. Yeah. He doesn't, he hates sci-fi stuff. I mean, there was a recent review of him, uh, interview of him. Talking about George asking him to George Lucas asked him to direct Return of the Jedi and he Yeah, I remember about, that. He talked about getting about a, Yeah, he talked about getting a headache touring George Lucas's farm with all the Star Wars characters and he's like and he's like getting a headache and he's like had to call his he had to call his manager, his agent, he's like, You gotta get me out of here. It's like this is not gonna be for me. Why would you set this up? And he turned down like obviously millions of dollars. But continue. Um but the just the arms race of casting going on in um, Hollywood right it's, now. It's this film's getting stacked. We have uh, Timothy Charpay. How do you, you say his new... last name? Chalmay? Chalamet? 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 I don't know. Chalamet? Chalamet? I don't know, man. The I next, talk about him too much. He's the next much. Batman. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, he is the lead character, Paul Atreides. Mm-hmm. We have Oscar Isaac as his father, mm-hmm. Rebecca Ferguson playing his mom. You have me sold. Um, Javier Bardem, Josh uh, Brolin, Dave Bautista. Josh Brolin was just announced today. Uh, Zendaya has been rumored, if not outright confirmed yet, or she, at least in talks, mm-hmm. maybe to be in the film. Um, it's pretty pretty wild. It's cast. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm um, pumped about. It's that, gonna actually. get weird too, because Dune is a weird property. But like, it is. He's described it as Star Wars for adults. So I'm pumped about like, this is what that's what Denny Villeneuve. I mean, yeah, I you can. I okay. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, Denny. Sure. Shut your mouth, Denny. But uh, it's still interesting that he wants to take a Star Wars mature, maybe a more serious approach to. Even though I think Star Wars takes itself seriously just fine, um, it's I'm excited to see a film in that type of I don't know style I guess genre. Um, but so Dune's got like um kind of a kind of Game of Thrones, you know, in terms of the the politics and the the scheming and stuff going on. Um, but then as the series progressed, which I haven't read any of the books, I kind of just read a bunch of Wikipedia Wikipedia articles earlier mm-hmm. today. Um, it gets pretty lofty and weird on a conceptual kind of level. That's um, what I've heard. So, you know, and I don't know how the fans really feel about the series outside of the first book. I've seen the David Lynch film, and I feel like that's a completely accessible um 
but dense sci-fi story. Like, mm-hmm. it tells a complete, like, I'm okay with this. And then the sequels kind of get crazy. Um, I don't know how those are received, but... Um, and I think Denis Villeneuve maybe mentioned that might needing to do multiple films just for the first book. I've heard. I've and heard that's that. fine. Just just do the first book. Yeah. It that's would be probably it'd all be, you need to do. It'd be cool. It'd be cool. That's probably and all you need to do. I, I kind of hope, because I'm a big Kyle McLaughlin fan, that they somehow sneak a cameo in for oh, him. Oh, yeah. I don't, yeah, think, yeah. I don't think Denis Villeneuve is one for stuff well, like that, but I would so, love to see a Kyle McLaughlin cameo. In, in the movie, and I guess this was invented for the film, um, but they have like these sonic devices, I think like that get attached to their throats where there's like words of power. Like you think like, um, Skyrim, right? The shouts. Boss, yeah. Boss yeah. Like Kyle McLaughlin, like Fusro does someone in the film, it, like <laughs> just screams at him and it like shatters his body. Incredible. Like, yeah, I but apparently this. that's not from the, um, yeah the books that, that sounds particular like a, thing that sounds like a would have been idea. pretty wild yeah well okay well dune i'll have to keep an eye out for that i also have to i need to i need to watch the movie and kind of read up on it i'm i'm definitely interested i mean you can't not be interested in um and anything denny villeneuve is doing nowadays because he's he's good um i'm sorry i'm scrolling across my instagram feed there's this thing called the crunch cup and it has a compartment for your cereal and it also holds milk so you can eat cereal with milk in the car. Um, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> I uh, do you oh. drink it? Yeah, I think you you open your mouth agape like a like a salmon, and you you don't use your tongue as a scoop. You just <laughs> okay. Um, getting in ASMR territory. How again. about uh, how about uh, the Academy announcing that they're going to put some key categories in the commercial break? Uh, cinematography, editing, and hair and makeup all are being moved to commercial break. Here is my problem with that: one, it's one friggin' night. It's one night. What is that? Is that twenty minutes of presentations? If that. 15 minutes of presentations? You had to cut 15 minutes from your broadcast? At this point, who even cares about the ratings? Are you really banking that much on a ratings for a one-night-only thing? The Oscars are going to go on forever. That's never going to end. The yeah. ratings aren't going to kill and it. You aren't, like, it's not like companies are going to... The, the Oscars, the ratings may be getting worse, but the one night of the Oscars gets better ratings than nearly every show on television on a one-night yeah, basis. I, so why why bother to cut it? It sends the idea that, hey, these guys' jobs are more important than yours. Oh, and, exactly. And, like, hey, people who watch the Oscars, like myself, watch it for all of it. I want yeah. to see every award, and well, I want to see these guys get recognized. I was I was reading an article kind of summarizing the decision. Um, I mean, I, I think the Oscars gets the second highest ratings out of all TV shows um, outside of the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's still not doing terrible it's, i mean that's that's pretty pretty good you can't beat the super bowl um but I, I i think the biggest complaint they had was one yes it's preventing people from having interest in those different fields film editing hair and makeup um cinematography people just don't really care or, or, or i guess people aren't going to really care as much about it because they're not getting um used to seeing that they don't really know much about it um Which is 
this is the most frustrating thing I've seen in a long time. You were pretty angry Oh, yeah. About he it. was mad. I remember I was at work, you pulled up Instagram, and he was like, oh. A movie without film editing or right. cinematography. That's or hair and makeup. That is cinema. Like yeah. that's how that's how movie make. Yeah. That's how make movie. That's how you can't make have. Movie. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how make movie. <laughs> like, it's insane. Can you imagine a year ago? Um, fuck. What's his name? Deacons. Roger Deacons. Mm. Robert Deacons mm-hmm. gets his first getting cinema. the award for Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Out of like During a commercial numbers. break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That movie's well, cinematography is that's nuts. The it's one of the movie. best looking yeah. films I've ever seen. Yeah. If not the best cinematography I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. That's what people it's so frustrating. The reason How can you not care about cinematography? Exactly. Everything, to not give yeah. it its due, it's yeah. not just It's super frustrating because combined with editing and cinematography makes the films feel alive to begin with that's what sets the atmosphere that's what sets the scene without those just you the have pacing you have people yeah. yeah you have people just acting which yeah that's great it helps bring knowing the film to what to cut in what order yeah. without editing star wars would have died oh apparently yeah. that that film was saved in the editing oh room, yeah by Complete, all accounts completely different movies it's outside of the editing so room. crucial yeah. to the success of a good story how do you think this yeah. podcast even has the listeners it does because jordan over there busts his ass editing this thing and because there's a lot of garbage we cut out and this is like this that's just a small antidote you know, it's it's it, i hate it i hate it, it it's it, it, it's it's pretty dumb <laughs> he, he he deserves an award we'll give it to you over commercial break he deserves an award that's all the more reason why we have to do our own awards after we really do the academy yeah, we really do yeah the last be, respectable I, award show <laughs> In the game. The Cinemaxis. The Cinemaxis. The Cinemaxis, baby. Ooh, I like it. That's our next event podcast, is the Cinemaxis. Take your globes and your Oscars and shove them. Shove it. We're taking this over. Shove, uh, them, shove them up your Grammys. Shove it up your sphinct. Um, so, yeah. I'm, right. I'm bummed out about that. Hey, a rumor popped up uh, this past week, and when I say rumor, the artist Boss Logic tweeted it, and because we have to have one DC thing on this podcast, why we not? We already talked about DC. We've hit our quota. Did Shut we? up. Did yeah. We? <laughs> Justice League, Justice League Dark. They, 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 no, it counts. Real it quick, counts. Robert Pattinson as Batman is a great casting. I would love to see it. Okay. That's, uh, if that was it, oh. if that was the casting, I would be so happy. He is suave. He's an incredible actor, and he could easily put on 25 pounds to be a leaner, younger Bruce Wayne, and he would look great in the in the cape and cowl. It would be amazing. Real talk, I, I we mentioned this um, in our group chat, but I do think Alexander Skarsgård, yeah, he'd be a good one. Could too. translate well yeah. if he can put on the American accent well enough. He could, I'm sure he could. There, there. Do you know? Do you know that whole? I mean, obviously Ooh, I that whole family that. is actors. But oh, like, sure. They were all like yeah. Bill Skarsgård, the Bill, dad. Bill Stellan. Yeah, Stellan. I think the there's dad? another one. Stellan. Stellan. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Who is straight, uh, straight up said you all will be actors, and he taught them to be actors from a very early age. Which brother like, was Pennywise? Bill. 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 Um, he also said only one of you will <laughs> will be the peak representation of manhood. <laughs> You'll have every muscle ever. <laughs> the rest of you, one of you guys is gonna be a freaky ass clown. The other guy's gonna be. He siphoned the the life energies from Bill and the there's, others there's and Gustav. funneled it into Alexander. <laughs> he siphoned the life energies. <laughs> I oh, give you man. Alexander. Um, Stellan's perfect creation. 
my gift to man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Robert Pattinson would be a great cast. I just saw that rumor pop up, and I was like, man, that would be great. A lot of people, the people who are like hating on that, like, no thank you, are the same people he, who are like, oh, you listen to Justin Bieber? Well, you're gay. He, just, he doesn't. Like, you're lame. Why? He, who hates on Bieber nowadays? Like, the guy's a gifted singer. Yeah, we've all moved on to hating on One Direction, right? They're not even a thing anymore. I know. That's an old joke, Tim. Uh, but Cut no, that, Jordan. I think. <laughs> no, do not. Uh, but Robert pa- Robert Pattinson just—he's not very intimidating to me. He doesn't seem like a Batman. You haven't. You haven't. What? And jeez, and, and 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 Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire when he's like yelling at Harry to get off him and he's fighting Crumb. Oh, yeah, that's in pretty the hot tub. Yeah. That, that bit, that bit there, oh, yeah. um, and you should see Good Time, Twilight. I haven't seen Good Time, but I hear he's amazing in Good Time. He's the only good thing about that film. I know it gets a lot of love, and Robert Pattinson gives an amazing performance in it. It's mm-hmm. why you should watch it. The movie is otherwise ponderous at best. It is uh, not a joyful experience. Basically, what I guess I'm trying to say with that is he is a certified actor like oh, the guy he's a great actor the guy is an incredible actor and he can he can hold his own in Both anything him and Kristen stewart really came out of he looks the twilight films there's a really good yeah and there's as a, legitimate actors yeah and they they uh and there's a really good film coming out yeah. later with uh, rob patson is like a astronaut in space with like uh that High looks life. like yeah that High looks life, like a yeah. very uh a very crazy uh sci-fi pretty wild thriller um and let's see what else did we have in the news i think that might be it let me take a quick look here no i think that's pretty much oh uh did want to talk about this because this trailer dropped uh yesterday no pun intended the movie yesterday uh dropped a trailer new danny boyle film danny boyle director of slumdog millionaire and uh he was actually on tap to direct the next the latest james bond but he dropped train out of that spotting uh train spotting yeah um sunshine yeah yeah, and, which I actually really liked. And he, um, you should watch Sunshine. And this movie yesterday is essentially about a guy who gets in an accident on a on his bike, and he wakes up in a world where no one remembers the Beatles except him. And uh, he basically just writes his way to success using all the Beatles songs. And he looks like he feels like immense guilt during the film because like no one knows who the Beatles are, and he's writing their success and, um. It just looks like a very interesting concept and something I'm very curious to see. Set in modern day, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Set in modern day. And that's it, interesting. I wonder if Beatles material would work. Well, that's actually in that's actually right? what the is film like a core. Well, that's what the film is portraying in the trailer. It's like there are these hit, these are songs that would be hits. Like yesterday, if that was written like if that was written uh, and sung by like Sam Smith or Adele, like that song is freaking a hit. It's a hit. Well, so, it's a great song, but yeah, well, that's about, what I'm like, trying to say. I want to hold your hand. I want to hold your hand, hand, hand. I mean, that I could see that being like a One Direction type of hit, but Ed Sheeran. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it's it, it looks like a very interesting movie. I'm very excited to see it. I, I've uh, put that at the top of my, li- well, Horrible my list. Horrible poster, though. There, that poster is awful. Really I looked at bad. the perspective and everything is terrible. But yeah. they, they have another poster on the IMDb page, which isn't anything great, but it's it's generic, but it's much better than yes, Search Yesterday Danny Boyle poster. Um, uh, 
the poster that they had on IMDb is much better than it than the old one. See, that one's good. That one I'm okay. That one I'm okay with. But there's one. Um, go to the IMDb page and you'll see it. It's it's terrible. Um, terrible. And it's time for the next segment, which is gonna be a little thing we call the main event. And for a cinematic first, we're gonna have a call-in, a call-in host, my friend uh, Brianna, who went to Sundance this year, and <laughs> I really hope it works too. And we have uh, Brianna on the line now. Brianna, how are you doing today? I am great. How are you, Max and team? Um, we're good. We're, we're really good. Good. Um, this is this is a new experience for all of us, and I'm glad you are. I the... know, me too. Okay. <laughs> tell tell her I said hi. Tanner says hi. Um, I say hola. For for all the listeners, by the way, Brianna can really only hear me, and uh, she can't hear Tim and Tanner at all. So I'll be relaying what they say for the most of this segment. Typical. I think it's it's not like anyone could ever hear me on any other podcast episode either. So yeah. Um, um, but yeah, Tim says hi as well. So no, I said hola. You said hola. That's right. You did say hola. Hello. Um, by the way, her name is Brianna, and it is not Brianna. And if you address her as anything other than Brianna, I will <laughs> slam your head into the table. Um, Thank you so much, Max, for sticking up for me. <laughs> if uh, I, So for people who don't know, I, was, I worked with uh, Brianna at Apple. And if there was one thing she drove home, it was do not call me Brianna, and uh, she. And so I, I've known that ever since. So let's go ahead and ask. Let's go ahead and dive into the uh, Sundance bits here, Brianna. So you went to uh, Sundance this year. Uh, what was the experience like? What was that? What was that whole event like? So it was my second year being at Sundance. I oh. went a few years ago. Yeah. So I've been before this year was more uh we had more research behind us i should say so my brother and my sister-in-law and my boyfriend we all went together this year and we bought ticket packages whereas last time we just did like walk-up tickets kind of where you just basically you're like waitlisted for most movies uh-huh. and this year we did like a whole ticket package so we did the salt lake city package where you get five tickets each and um yeah, and you get credentials to go into certain, like, venues and clubs and concerts. Wow. So we did Salt Lake City for a few days, and then we did Park City, which is, like, really where, like, proper Sundance is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did that for a few days as well. Um, so this was definitely more of a, like, more researched kind of trip this time around. So, I mean, just the whole, like, vibe of the festival is a very creative festival. Mm-hmm. And you're meeting creative people pretty much the whole time. Most of the people that come are from New York or L.A. Wow. So we were probably some of the only Midwestern people there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you're meeting, like, writers and actors and directors. And so just the whole vibe of it is a very creative vibe. That's awesome. You're meeting a ton of people and talking about a really a shared passion between everybody. And plus you're in Utah and it's, like, stunning the whole time. You're yeah. surrounded by mountains. And it's beautiful. Everywhere you look. Yeah. So, and, and you're, yeah. An, and you're an actress, fantastic. too. So. As an actress, that had to have been like a just a phenomenal experience all around, just to be able to be a sponge yeah. and absorb um, all of that 
I mean, all that knowledge that you could get just for free from all these indie developers and exactly. actresses and whatnot. Um, exactly. And, and it's really we cool. We got to meet a lot of actors and be able to talk about just that in general and stage acting and film acting and hear a lot of good stuff yeah. from everybody. Yeah. And I can imagine that, I mean, that has to be just super inspiring too because a lot of these films being so small and, and very indie and, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. you know smaller casts and, and obviously very small budgets and whatnot. Um, I have to yeah. imagine as, as for yourself, it had to have been very inspiring because, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, you're one swing away from maybe landing in one of these movies, you know, just have to have the cards fall in your, your direction in the right way. And, and and you can get into something like this that ends up in Sundance and, and gets a bunch of hype and whatnot. So, um, that sounds like it was absolutely awesome experience. Um, with, uh, Sundance, I definitely wanted to get into the movies you saw. So Brianna, what are, I mean, I don't even want to limit it to three because I'm sure you saw tons. So <laughs> what what are some movies that we should look out for coming out of Sundance uh, into 2019? Okay. Yes. So I think that you'll be so excited about this, Max, because mm. I just envisioned you as a big Shia LaBeouf fan. Oh, my you God. Shia LaBeouf fan? You envisioned right. <laughs> I just feel like you love Shia. I love That just seems <laughs> up your alley. I love Shia. As a matter of fact, my second question in this was after what movies you saw, the literally the second sentence is Shia surprise? As in, like, uh-huh. is Shia, is he going to be lurking in the shadows and surprising us with a beautiful movie? Shia, Shia came out of the woodwork, I should say, out of rehab and had a yeah. great movie. That is awesome. <laughs> so. He, okay, so we saw a ton of movies, but I can definitely, well, I might not be able to limit it to three, but I'll start off with Honey Boy, mm-hmm. which was Shia LaBeouf's, uh, like, feature writing debut, mm-hmm. and he, uh, so he wrote it, Alma Harrell directed it, who's this amazing Israeli-born female director, who's, like, incredible, and she did a movie called Bombay Beach a few years ago, which is, like, a documentary, but mm-hmm. she kind of likes to blend, like, fiction and documentary, and he found a movie or he fell in love with Bombay Beach years ago and then started working with her on another <clears throat> short film that she did. And then he tapped her to do this. So he wrote this movie. It's autobiographical. Um, and it's it sort of fictionalized in certain ways. Like certain characters are kind of like amalgamations of multiple people in his life. But it's autobiographical about him growing up in these motels that a lot of like kid actors grew up in in L.A. Mm-hmm. And his dad, who was an alcoholic, and uh like emotionally abusive and it's about their relationship together growing up in LA and it is incredible Shia LaBeouf plays his father in the movie mm-hmm. and then a kid named Noah Jupe plays the younger version of Shia LaBeouf and Lucas Hedges plays the older version of Shia LaBeouf mm-hmm. and it was like truly a remarkable movie I mean wow. from beginning to end the story is remarkable there's like this weird like kind of I don't even know how to explain it, but it's like a very like realist portrayal of a kid growing up in that really like kind of shitty. Sorry, I don't know if you sure. guys curse. No, no, you're so, fine. Yeah, you're good. But... Oh my god! <laughs> no, okay. you could go for it. My ears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Tanner's ears are bleeding. Really Brianna, curse it up <laughs> His... now. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner's virgin ears. He's crying. Um. Tanner. <laughs> can you can you ask her if the rest of the even stevens are in the movie get ready i am gonna throw a lot of words out <laughs> Might but... as well, yeah um tanner did ask <laughs> are the other even stevens in the movie yeah. 
Rand is in it. Uh, oh. I, I wish. Yeah. I wish that the other Even Stevens were in it. That would be great. Yeah, what about Beans? Uh, Did Stephen Anthony Lawrence make an appearance? Did we get Beans? <laughs> yep. <laughs> he plays He plays his uncle. Are you, are you bullshitting or are you serious? Are, are you... I would be so excited by him bullshitting you. That is not true. <laughs> true, true. True story. But I was, I... I was hoping that they would like do a montage to Even Stevens, but they did not ever do that. They so didn't. Wow. I'm so sorry to disappoint. That it's is not a little disappointing. I, I would have thought there would have been something like that, considering that's how he came to fame. Uh, also, real quick. I know. Real quick fun fact. Um. I am friends with Stephen Anthony Lawrence on Facebook. I don't even know how it happened, but I am yep. friends with Beans. And I posted <laughs> I posted I posted a Star Wars poll on my Facebook page the other day and he, he cast a vote in it. Beans <gasps> voted in my Star no, Wars poll. What? Yes. Oh yes. my god. You could you could go friend that, him. I, I think he I think he accepts is- them all, honestly. It seems that seems like almost sad though that I could just go friend him and he'd like accept it. Like there's no there's I, no barriers for him. He's just like sure everybody. I'm not one to <laughs> yeah, and I'm not one to judge other people's happinesses or to to say like wow I wonder if he's truly yeah. happy. But I will say this: if you look at Maybe his Facebook like, page, you're like gonna come out of there 100 percent very sad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> Uh, he's not gonna be on the podcast well not anymore (laughs) well it's not like he's gonna listen you know what max i really enjoyed your podcast until episode 14 if you post this on facebook he's gonna listen to it because that's all that he has to do with his life is like follow cinemax dick and we'll cut this we love beans i mean if your claim Uh, to fame was a character named beans it's Maybe you true. I don't know how far you're gonna yeah. get. If, if that's the, if your main character, if that's how you became famous off of a guy named Beans, you're already setting yourself up for failure. It's just not gonna be a very nice life. But uh, back to back, back to Honey Boy. Uh, you were yes. you were saying though. It's it, something I wanted to bring up too because I was under the impression that it was a like uh a, like virtually. Sh- following like a biopic of Shia LaBeouf's life it's actually characters mm-hmm. by the last name of Lort and Otis Lort is the main yeah. character I believe right um so uh yeah yeah it's Otis is the son and then I cannot I guess maybe his dad's name is what do you say Lawrence um, maybe that's his dad's name let me it? see I can't remember it is his dad he plays James Lort there you go. Yeah. yeah. So that's the dad, and then Otis is, like, the Shia LaBeouf character of sorts. So, and, like, I remember, so after we saw the movie, sorry, did you have another question following that? I just, like, No, that's, it. no, that's great. That's perfect. I, I, I'm just, yeah. Okay. I'm just getting your favorite movies um, right now, so you're all good. <laughs> so, um, after the movie, and I'll talk more about the movie, like, in depth, but after the movie, they did a and a and uh, this is for the first time we saw it in Salt Lake City, which was like our first night there, I think. Um, it was actually, or sorry, it was our second day actually. And our second day there, it was uh, the first time that Shia LaBeouf had seen the movie himself. Um, oh, wow. And then he came out for a surprise Q&A. So nobody expected him to be there. But then the entire cast came out. So like you had um, Omar Harrell, and then you had Noah Jupe, and um, Lucas Hedges wasn't there. But then you had like FKA Twigs, and... Uh, there's a guy named Byron, and I can't think of his last name right now. And then mm-hmm. you had Shia LaBeouf come out, 
which was super exciting for everybody in general, but also like he was able to kind of shed some light on the movie. And for one, he made like the names, the names weren't, you know, his dad's name and his name because he also wanted it to be like disconnected from him enough, you know, to not just be like, this is Shia's story. Like it was, I think he wanted it to be a more universal story to like alcoholism and abuse and not just to be like this is Shia's story yeah and he seems um, very and it was aware also of, like a therapeutic thing yeah and he seems like he's very aware of of um like he de- he he seems like a person who would find a biopic especially if it was written by himself like would be mm-hmm. like uh I don't know almost I don't know like uh I'm trying to think like a what would be the word? What, what would be the I word? I have no idea. He, when you're like really involved in yourself <laughs> or something like that, what is the word? Uh, yeah, like it's like a dick. Narcissistic, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So he seemed yeah, like he'd be very like, aware of that. So that's good. That exactly. He, he like I think that. that he is. I think he's weirdly narcissistic in certain ways, but yeah. also I think he's narcissistic in that he wants to push back against it so hard that it almost becomes like performance art in a way, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think he wrote it while he was in rehab in like just a couple of months i mean literally it only took him like a couple of months to write it and then like he wrote it in 2017 which means like he wrote it in 2017 filmed it in 2018 it's out 2019 which yeah. is like a super fast turnaround um and he wrote it just as part of therapy like that's all that it was was like him just you know and like getting out all of his memories from that time period yeah and you know i think people find shia just because of the the things he's done over the past you know five years that are you know you know, are definitely mm-hmm. weird in, in some aspects. Yeah. And he would probably mm-hmm. be the first to say that, especially now that he's, you know, out of rehab totally. and seemingly getting healthier. But there's no there's no denying that the, the guy has, I mean, he was a superstar actor at one point uh, in terms mm-hmm. of a box office draw. And then on top of that, I mean, he's he's a great actor, period. I mean, anyone, if you've For seen sure. him in like, Fury and... I mean, in these other I roles as well. Yeah. yeah, he he's a he's a mm-hmm. very very good actor. I mean, Brad Pitt even had com- complimented him on it. He's like, this kid is like unreal. The dedication he puts into his role. Yeah. So it's cool to see uh, to see him getting so much recognition again and seemingly healthy yeah. again and uh, having the ability to um, really show off his talents in a in a movie like this. So I'm, I'm sure. excited about that. Um, what uh what uh, what other movies were you uh, wanting to talk about, Brianna? Yeah. Um, let me say one last thing about Honey Boy, just sure. because I was like blown away by this. Noah Jupe plays the younger version of Shia LaBeouf, and he's absolutely incredible, and he's like 13. Oh, so just wow. keep your eyes peeled for Noah Jupe, because Noah Jupe. he's truly like maybe the most incredible kid actor I've ever seen, and then I'm sure, like, I would just put him in like an adult category. He's not just like good for a kid, he's like outrageous. Wow. So, Could he be... just keep Noah on your radar. Keep Noah on your radar. Tanner has a question um, about him. What's the... Don't, I mean, don't keep a 13-year-old on your radar for any other reason than that he's a good actor. So... <laughs> What's the oh the um? <laughs> okay, thank thank you for clarifying. Jesus, you're um, welcome. The who's the child actor from um? Was it the room? The Brie Larson film, the, Jacob Tremblay. Jacob, yeah, yeah. yeah could about? could this dude beat Jacob Tremblay in a fight? So no. Oh, Jacob Tremblay is so good. Noah Jupe was the son in a, a Quiet Place. Okay. Oh, he was okay. So, he was the son of a. Tanner wants to know in if, what. He was the. If so they Noah got Jupe into a was, fist fight, 
if who can, wins? I don't. I don't think she can hear you. Okay. Well, relay <laughs> it relay. then. <laughs> I'm trying. I was trying. Uh, Brianna uh, Tanner asks if Noah Jupe and Jacob Tremblay got in a fist fight. Who wins? Oh man, that's so hard because like they both have such large child muscles. Um, <laughs> I would say podcast is gonna be shut down. if you were gonna put them in like a cry fest, like which one? Because like I don't see either one of them even throwing a punch. I would say if they were in a cry fest, you were gonna see which one could really cry it out. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with Noah Jupe. I think that Jacob Jimblay, I mean, he's, you know what? He did room, and now he just can't do anything. No, I'm just, just kidding. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. I love Jacob Jimblay. So. He's great. He's great, but I'm going with Jupe, too. I'm he's going great. with Jupe as well. Could Jupe be Timothy Chalmay in a fight? Okay, we're not going to ask her another fight question. We're going to move on to the next. We're going to move on to the next movie. Uh, thank you for talking about Honey Boy. Uh, what What else do we got, uh, Brianna? What else were we, should we look out for? All right, cool, cool, cool. So my personal favorite of the whole festival was like my at the group I was with, like my brother and my sister in law, Ryan and Sarah, because I mentioned in the future. They both loved Honey Boy the most. I personally loved The Farewell, which is Aquafina's new movie. Oh, I've heard so, about this. Yeah. Oh, uh, love Aquafina. So she um, it's her movie or she's the she's the lead in the movie. It's directed by and written by Lulu Wang. Mm-hmm. Um, who I actually got to see um, a panel with. So we went to a panel with The Atlantic, and they interviewed her, and I was sitting, like, right in front of her and obsessed with her in every way. But it is about her. It's about – it's also autobiographical um, to an extent, and it's about her family, who is Chinese, and her and her immediate family moved to America when she was really, really young. So she is American and very Western. And then a few years ago, her grandmother got diagnosed with cancer. And in China, they don't tell the person, they tell the family, and then the family gets to decide if they tell the person or not. Um, It's like a Chinese custom. Yeah, I didn't either until this. (laughs) Come on for dinner. You have cancer. <laughs> oh, that sounds actually kind of nice, it. though. Maybe, maybe it, it might. Well, yeah. this the thing is like their their idea is like that they'll carry the emotional burden for the person who has cancer, and so most families don't even tell the person. Like they'll just let the person die, and like they never would have known that they had cancer, <laughs> and like. It seems crazy to us, but like the the wonderful thing about the movie, so like us, I know it's really bad. It's really bad. It seems Tim bad. Is dying. I let you just. I'm hey just guys, I you think I might have that. cancer, and the family's like, uh, I don't think so. And they're sweating bullets. It's like, where did you get it? Okay, Tanner. Absorb. Oh, is he handling it all right? He's trying. He's in tears. Oh, my God. But the movie, it sounds very emotional. So, yes. Okay. So the thing is, so Lulu Wang, she first told this story. Like, she, okay, so her grandma gets diagnosed with cancer. Her aunt is the one that 
finds out the news and her aunt decides, like, we're not going to tell her. And they decide to just arrange because they think that their grandmother has, you know, like maybe six months to live. They decide to just arrange a wedding so that their grandmother can have this one last thing where the whole family comes together in China. So they, like, get one of the nephews from the family, one of the cousins, to just, like, marry his girlfriend that he's been with for, like, three months. And so that's what the the story circles around is, like, this whole family coming back together for this wedding but really to, like, say one last goodbye to their grandmother. And Lou Wang first told the story on um, NPR on This American Life, and she was telling it like, I was this American going over to China. Like, I didn't agree with this custom at all. But it's like the movie is about not one culture being better than the other, but, like, two cultures having different ideas, and, like, that's okay, and we don't have to, like, force a culture to agree with us or vice versa, mm-hmm. but it's also, like, a comedy, so it's, like, a dark comedy, kind of, <laughs> and there, I mean, there are the most hilarious scenes in this movie where, like, you're also weeping, but you're also laughing hysterically, <laughs> and by the end of the movie, and I don't want to, like, give anything away, and this like, there's no specific thing but this allude to but i'm just like weeping by the end of the movie and i'm like wearing a turtleneck and i'm like pulling the turtleneck over my (laughs) face and my face is just like wet and like everybody around me we're all just like sobbing and so many of the movies we watched had to do with cancer this year (laughs) and it was just like punch after punch after punch but it was so good that's what i was like i I was like to my literally on my way over here i was like i would like to go to sundance sometime i was thinking to myself but then i thought (laughs) Could I come out of there not overwhelmingly depressed? And I, That's the thing. I, I, like, after we saw Honey Boy, my brother is usually super excitable. Like, mm-hmm. he's very, he's, like, very extroverted. And we saw Honey Boy, and, like, I'm, like, a person that immediately has to talk about something. I rarely, like, give it time to set in. I'm just like, let's talk now. And I looked over at my brother, and he is just, like, stunned. And he's like, <laughs> We gotta get out of here. Like he's like, we gotta go. <laughs> like because all the movie we just saw like like hard hitting movie after hard hitting movie, and then Adam, who you know, Max, my boyfriend. Yeah. Adam is just like, what the fuck? He's like, we gotta <laughs> see like a happy movie. Like he was like, he turned to me after uh, the farewell, and he's like, are we gonna see like a comedy? <laughs> Can we see something like where I'm not just weeping at the end of it? Yeah, <laughs> so, but the farewell was amazing, and it really does like. It has comedy and it has drama and it is amazing. Like it, it was my favorite movie by far. Wow. It's just the music is wonderful. It's like really symphonic, and then you see China and it's just, it's a cool movie. It's really cool and the whole thing is pretty much in Chinese. Okay, so you almost feel like you're watching a foreign movie, but because it's like these really universal feelings in it, it doesn't feel like a foreign movie. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, that's 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 definitely something I'll have to keep an eye out for. Uh, yeah, Aquafina made her dramatic debut. Aquafina, what so, a what a name Aquafina is, by the way. What a name! It just yeah, just incredible. Just uh, it's not the water. Yeah, but it's a, it's nope. like a mix of it's Close. like it's, it's like Close. awkward with Fina. It's like <laughs> awkward plus Aquafina gets you how you yeah. spell Aquafina, I believe. It's very strange, um, yes. but that's awesome because you know she has such a great personality, yeah. and she's just like in all of the roles I've her. seen her in. She's just she seems like yeah. uh, a very um, 
an incredible talent. So I'm excited to see this. Uh, She's wonderful. I have yeah, to ask... and Lulu Wings was like dope. So yeah. it was awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to ask about yeah. this movie because it's the it's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I saw you post this because you went and saw the premiere, and this this gentleman showed up uh fighting with my family um yeah she she posted a picture on her instagram story and tagged tagged the rock and goes mr mr the rock (laughs) on her instagram it cracked me up uh how was that movie oh i okay here's the thing it's like I very much set my expectations correctly. Thank you, Apple. I set great expectations for myself. So I went into it knowing this is going to be a really fun movie. Like, it is very anti-Sundance. It is not the type of movie that you see at Sundance. But, like, it was a surprise screening. And so we just got these tickets, like, last minute, right before we left on the trip. And we were excited about it. Like, it's just a fun movie. So I went in, and I was like, this is going to be a blast. And I loved it. I thought it was super fun. I got emotional because I get emotional in any movie where a female is just, like, kicking ass. Yeah. So I'm, like, crying as she's, like, making the wrestling team. I'm like, you go, girl. <laughs> like, women can do it. That's awesome. So yeah. Like, Hell yeah. Yeah. I loved it. And, like, Stephen Merchant directed it and wrote it, I think, as well. And he is hilarious. I love Stephen Merchant. And then The Rock is great in it, just playing himself. And Jack Loudon's in it who is also from Mary Queen of Scots, and then he plays the brother in the movie, and, like, you've got Nick Frost in it, yep. and then you've got Lena Hetty, who plays Thirsty, who's in it. So, Gross. I mean, you have really, like, a stellar cast. How big is The Rock's role in this movie? I can't tell from the previews if he's, like, in it for two it's minutes. And... No, it's pretty small. Yeah. yeah. They're just kind of slapping him on it. the posters a lot to, like, say, The Rock's in this. Right. Okay. <laughs> so... What it was was Stephen Merchant and The Rock kind of, like, did this movie together. So mm-hmm. I think The Rock produced it, and, like, they both kind of had the idea because it's, like, about a real family. And the girl in the movie who, um, gosh, I cannot think of her name. I can't even her last name, Pew. Anyways, mm-hmm. the girl in it, um, it's about, she was there at the premiere. So, like, she was there during the Q&A and everything. Um, but they, The Rock and Stephen Merchant both wanted to, like, create this film about this family because there's a documentary about this family from a few years ago. And both The Rock and Stephen Merchant really enjoyed the documentary and so wanted to make also a fictionalized movie of it. So The Rock is in it just a little bit. Um, like, it's just a cameo for sure, but he's hilarious in his cameo. Like, he's very funny. Mm-hmm. And he did play a little bit of a part in the actual girls' like, wrestling journey to an extent. So, yeah, so he's there, but I mean, he's definitely there as well just to draw people in, and people were pumped about The Rock being there. And yeah. he snuck in during the movie, nobody knew that he was there, and then all of a sudden The Rock is there That's... in, like, the turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there, the Rock. there is so... the world's biggest movie star just showing up at a Sundance event. Right. So that's... that's the thing. Like, he's so anti-Sundance, and then yeah. there he is, and, like, this movie is very anti-Sundance, but... I really enjoyed it. Everybody else that saw, like, Adam and Ryan, they're like, they all, they did not love it as much as me, but I think it's because they saw it in the environment of Sundance, so they were looking for, like, indie movies that make you weep, and I was just, like, looking for a good time, awesome. as I always am. So. Well, that's great. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, 
I thought it was fun. I think you will enjoy it. I think it's a blast. I'm I'm definitely I definitely had it as one of the movies I wanted to see this year for sure because yeah, it, it definitely did seem like a very weird Sundance movie because it's a, from a huge studio yeah, very and very weird. very overly produced and whatnot, which uh, you uh-huh. know you have in most Sundance movies. They're very uh, intimate camera angles and production and whatnot so i did find that interesting but yeah it's it's still a movie i have on my list i like those little uh almost coming of age type movies uh, like that it's really fun and nick frost was hilarious in it so i mean just even go see it for nick frost yeah oh and i love nick frost and I, i love steven merchant and um yeah, so it's and Nick Frost was sitting like two rows in front of me during this movie. Are you serious? And I was just like Nick. Oh yeah, like the whole cast was there, so he was like two rows in front of him. Cersei Lannister was freaking right in front of him, <laughs> and, and I was just like, "This is dope!" Like I just wanted to watch them eat their popcorn the whole time. <laughs> I was like, crazy. "How do you eat popcorn?" I should watch you eat popcorn. <laughs> I imagine it's. I imagine it's. They eat popcorn. Nothing short of. It's similar. It's similar to how I eat it. <laughs> Very. Like, are we talking a kernel at a time? Or are we doing like a handful of kernels dumping in? Nick doing Frost the dump is more of like a handful kind of person. Well, he's sure. got. He's a big There's boy. Deep, so like, much dangier. Yeah. <laughs> Get it all in. <laughs> um, Brianna, before we let you go, I wanted to ask uh, another, another one last question here, um, because mm-hmm. it, it, it seems like uh, our connection is getting a little, a little staticky. So I wanted to get one more question in here before I let you get back to your evening. Um, mm-hmm. What is something? Well, it's kind of a double question here. What is something that might surprise uh, someone about Sundance in terms of like going to it for the first time? Uh, that you would maybe mm-hmm. like, warn them about or just in general, like this is going to be an event that could surprise you in some way. Um, that was a terrible mm-hmm. question, but do what you can with that. And then, uh, all right, I'll then, work it. And then finally, uh, a couple, one or two movies that you think should be on our radar. That's going to fly real, real low under people's radars. And we should be looking out for next year. Okay. All right. So uh, in terms of the first question, I think the thing that would surprise people or that they should know, you know, however we're going to do that question. Um, <laughs> I think the thing is, is the first time we went, we went like really quickly. We all decided to go like last minute. And so we weren't super prepared. And so I think if you uh, want to go, like definitely research it, figure out like what ticket package you want, because if you can research it and really plan out your trip well, then you can really like enjoy it to the max, which like, <laughs> to the max because uh <laughs> and i'm sure most people would be like well of course it's a trip we should research it but i think like specifically for sundance to like really get the fullness of it like get a ticket package it's only like 300 bucks and that gives you two credentials and 10 tickets so i think that's a big thing is like make sure you plan it because then you can really enjoy it but yeah. also along with that i think it is so much more accessible than people realize like it is it seems always like something to me, like film festivals in general, seem like something that are so closed off to like the public. Like you can go and maybe see movies, but it seems like so closed off. Like you're never going to meet the celebrities. Like maybe you'll just pass them or whatever. But it is so accessible. And we talk to so many directors and we talk to so many actors that you just pass on the street. And maybe you're not going to like talk to like Lupita Nyong'o, who has like an entourage. Or you're right. not going to talk to like, I don't know, either I'm trying to think of other actors that had big entourages. But like maybe you won't talk to them. But, like, it is so accessible, and you will meet so many creative people. And as long as you just go up to them confidently and want to, like, talk to them about their film, 
or what you're interested in. It is just something that anybody can go to and really enjoy. So that's I think awesome. that's something that really surprised me this time that I didn't get to enjoy last time. Well, that's awesome. That's definitely something nice. I'll keep in mind because yeah. it's something I definitely would like to go to at some point. So that those are some great yeah. tips. Awesome. Um, yeah. And, and then, then the movies, yeah, yeah. The movies. Under the radar yeah, yeah. movies. So I think the biggest one that will fly under the radar is um, The Farewell because A24 bought it. It'll be a really small release. And I'm sure, like, it's not going to be something that people are, like, super focused on. But I would say it'll probably, like, maybe be at award ceremonies, at least for screenplay. So I think that one will fly under the radar. There's also another one that I didn't get to talk about that you should look into called Punch and Judy, or Judy and Punch. Okay. And it's hysterical. Super, super dark comedy. There's a moment where a baby flies out of a window and dies, and most Jesus people laugh. Christ. So, really dark. Well, really dark. I don't feel bad like, about really laughing funny. about the cancer thing earlier, though. <laughs> 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 Good God. And I think that, that is, that's one that really flew under the radar even at Sundance. Like, a lot of people weren't talking about it, but it was really good. It was the last movie saw, and actually in that movie... He would tell Edgefor, however you say his name, uh-huh. um, from like 12 Years a Slave. He sat right behind me. And then at the end of the movie, I had the courage to say, can't wait to see your movie. And he said, thanks. And I <laughs> felt like I how, made a cosmic connection. And about he's thinking that? about me right now, too. He is. He so... is. He's going he's gonna to remember. He's like, that young lady said she was excited yep. to see my film. Yep. And that made he's my... Like girl <laughs> that is that girl is with dirty hair looking <laughs> rough after a few days of a trip that but, is um, i think awesome. that's one that'll fly under the radar as well judy and punch so well, those are the two but there are so many more and i saw more but uh but those are a few of the ones that i loved we we might have to because brianna you're so great as a guest here we might have to have you call in again and tell mm-hmm. us about more sundance films because this was seriously excellent you have been um, pretty much everything we would ever hope for on our first uh, first call in <laughs> guest. So uh, uh, thank, thank you for you. yeah, and thank you for bearing with us as we worked out the kinks there. But uh, I'm excited to have uh, you on the podcast again, and uh, I can't thank you enough yeah. for calling in today. Well, thank you guys so much. First podcast, first so po- first podcast in the book. My pod, Jerry. And when you. <laughs> <laughs> We've been completely upstaged. We really have. They're going to be like, well, this is the pinnacle of the Cinemastic podcast. It's all downhill from here until we get you back in. So, um, uh, Brietta, it was a pleasure uh, to have you on, and uh, we'll definitely have you. There's no doubt. We'll definitely have you back on again soon. Um, So I'll let you get back to the rest of your night, and thank you again so much for calling in. Thanks. Bye. 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 Well, that was awesome. Man, she was great. Wasn't she just great? Yeah. Brianna has always been awesome. Uh, and that was that she is hilarious. Oh, my God. Um, so I think that's going to do it for today's podcast. Uh, we had a great guest with Brianna on today. I was super thankful to have her on, and she gave uh, a really great interview. So we're definitely going to have to have her back on. She, she was phenomenal. Uh, we discussed all the different things that were in the news this week regarding movies. Uh, gave her a thorough breakdown on that, and we talked about a couple other things about what we watched and all that, all that good stuff. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of Cinemaxtic. Uh, again, I want to thank you all so much for listening. So far, you've been a, a great audience, and I really, really appreciate each and every one of you sharing this with your friends and family and coworkers and anyone who enjoys movies. Of course, 
You can follow us at Cinemastic on Twitter. You can follow us at Cinemastic Pod on Instagram. You can shoot us topic and question ideas at Cinemastic uh, Cinemastic Pod at gmail.com. Um, and I really appreciate your support. Even a single share to your your Twitter feed, uh, to your friends list, anything, uh, really does mean the world to us to get out there to different listeners. So I appreciate you all so much, and thank you. Um, for Tim Reichmith over on my right, uh, where can the people find you, buddy? You can find me at Tim Trist on Letterboxd and Instagram. And Tanner, where can we find you? Same thing, but Danger Rush instead. Danger Rush at Letterboxd and Instagram. And as always, I'm your host, Max Liam. You can find me at Max Fozzie on all your social medias. Letterboxd and Instagram. Don't bother with Twitter. I hate it. Um, and good. don't forget to follow us on Instagram at CinemaxticPod. At cinem- I said that earlier. Did you? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Well, don't forget <laughs> it. Don't forget it that again. just made me think we haven't been plugging it this entire time. We haven't, but mm. uh, we post day- We post like three times a week, just kind of giving you a heads up about the content we'll be releasing um, so yeah, this week we have Force Vision out, we have this new episode of Cinemaxic out, and we have a new episode of The Common Room coming as well. Thank you all so much for listening, that's gonna do it for tonight. God bless, and, and, uh, may the, alright, see May you. the Bye. stars shine upon your face. I'm out. I'm out. See ya. Bye.